Right, I love it. Applause, music, and sound is always good. You gotta love an excellent producer. You gotta love him. Welcome to another week of Living a Rich Life. I am your host, Rich James. Here on Living a Rich Life talk show, we inform, inspire, and encourage each other to live the principles of the Living a Rich Life Network. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, and philanthropy. Today's guests are definitely prime examples of individuals that will inform, inspire, and encourage you to live a rich life. So with that being said, you already know. Let's talk about it. Our first guest, well, you know, she needs no introduction. However, this is what we do. She is a communication specialist that provides image consulting through traditional communication support, creative direction, and personal styling services. She is the owner of Courted, a lifestyle known for helping clients develop their style and court their experience. If you are ready to uh, start transforming your fashion style, please put your hands together and welcome Ms. Courtney O'Neill. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Courtney. Thank you, Rich. Thanks for having me. A absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, myself and my team been trying to coordinate this for a minute. For some reason, they, um, they like fashion. And I said, well, we can have a segment on fashion and, and all these different things. And I said, I got the perfect guest. And um, your name came up and we finally made it happen. So how, how are you doing, first and foremost? I'm doing well. How are you? I am better than amazing, as I like to say. I am better than amazing. You know, that's a great status to have. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, first and foremost, let's kick it off. Tell me and tell our viewers uh, about yourself. Well, you gave me an awesome introduction, but uh, as you mentioned, I am a communications professional by trade and also an entrepreneur. And as you mentioned, my business is called Corded. It's an image consulting firm. And we provide styling service in the traditional meaning, but also through communication strategy and creative direction. So what that looks like is traditional comms, media relations. Uh, you need to get yourself in front of the camera or in the press. We're here to serve. Or if you have a photo shoot coming up, we offer creative direction uh, to give you a little boost in the next photo or image you want to put out there in front of the world. Okay. Okay. So when, when we talk about communications, how, how did you get into communications? Uh, I, first starting in undergrad, um, I attended Spelman College where I earned my bachelor's degree in English. And then I went on to graduate school where I attended Trinity Washington University and earned my master's degree in communications. So I've been in the industry from the very beginning, um, just navigating different sectors and staying with it and ultimately kind of navigating my own path as an entrepreneur. 
Very nice, very nice. So one of the things that my team dug up, um, and I think a lot of the, the, the females on my team, you have a quote that says, more than fashion, it's a lifestyle. Tell us, tell us about that. So that's our company's byline, which means that um, if you take a look at the clients that we serve and service, a lot of what they do in terms of their image or supporting their image is a part of their personal brand. So part of you know creating a look for them, if it has to do with their style as it relates to fashion, is a part of their personal brand or public image. Um, a lot of our clients are from the political sector or public affairs space. And so they're very conscious of their brands and their personal image. And so a lot of the work that we do is conscious of that. And as it relates to retail partners, um, while we respect the brands that we work with and the content that they put out, it's about our clients at the end of the day. It's not about what's in a storefront or the partners that we're working with. It's about the client. Nice. It's always about the client, right? They say the customer is always right. Absolutely. So you mentioned brands. Who are some of the brands that Corded has worked with? Um, well, one of our favorite partners that we're working with right now is Boilet. Um, We also work with Macy's, Nordstrom, um, any major retailer you can think of in the area or in the industry as it relates to storefronts. Um, and then on the local end, the museum, uh, a lot of people are very, uh, you know, fans, big fans of them. Um, we've worked with a lot of different people, DC Funk Parade, uh, work with a lot of schools. My alma mater was one of the recent ones I've done some work with, you know, the ball keeps, keeps rolling. We keep partnering with a lot of different people on cross sectors. Nice. Nice. Now, do, do you have a favorite? Because again, Be Exposed Radio, we about exposing folks. <laughs> no, no favorites. No favorites. If, if, if the check clears, that, that's that's a fan of ours. <laughs> I, I know that's right. I know that's right. So, in dealing with all those different brands, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone has a different style when it comes to to marketing. That you probably uh, your approach. What's your favorite method of of marketing? For Corded as our personal approach. Yes. As, as yes. Oh. Uh, well, we love using a platform of broadcast media. Um, that's a very effective strategy for us. But social media, obviously, digital marketing is where it's at right now. So combining the traditional communications with new media is one of the ways that we reach the most people. Okay, okay. And before we uh, get any any further, let's make sure we folks let the folks know that's watching and, and listening and we'll catch this you know live as well later. How can they stay in touch? Um, can you provide your social media uh, information? Absolutely. So you can follow us at Corded Style on social media and then pick up any other information about the company at CordedStyle.com. Uh, nice. So folks that are just tuning in and, and listening, you have it. We have Courtney O'Neill, the owner of Corded. Um, now, let me tell me about that name. Does that have a play off your name? Absolutely. (laughs) So the other phrase we like to use is you've been courted. So once you've worked with the company, you've been courted. Oh, I like that. I I like that. I like that. So we talk about social media. And one of the things that I've kind of started to learn on my own is, is content. And how is content important for communications? 
Well, content is is the name of the game, right? Everybody's trying to create content and get their content in front of the eyeballs that they want it to be seen. So um, from a strategic standpoint, consistency is the hardest part. And mm. from there, it's beating the algorithm. And I think we're all trying to crack the code on that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So it, it's an algorithm and consistency. And, and that's probably why I've reached out and have some people on my team because I'm not really good when it comes to that consistency thing, you know. It's tough. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, what's the difference when you think about, and again, this was a conversation that me and my team had, what's the difference between public relations and a communication specialist? Is there a difference? Tell us about that. What's, what are your thoughts? Well, communication specialist would be the title and somebody, um, I mean, in the past when I've used that term or that term's been applied to me, um, that's just an overarching summation of experience. But public relations is the approach or strategic approach to communication. So it's a particular um, advantage or uh, way of breaching the conversation or broaching the conversation, I should say. So that's Inter- interacting with media, that's um, strategy in terms of how you're creating messaging around a particular mm-hmm. brand or, or a client that you're working with. Okay. So in, in with COVID, in terms of your services, would creating a, a, a press kit be something that um, Coded would do? Sure, if that's what the client needs. Um, I think a lot of our clients have required a different level of services in terms of uh, communications. A lot of them more so objectively are trying to get in front of, again, the eyeballs or trying to reach new audiences. So we have not so much focused on that, but we can offer that service if needed. Okay. And again, I think you mentioned it earlier, but for those that are just tuning in, can you share some of those services that you provide at Corded? Sure. So we focus on communication strategy, creative direction, and fashion styling. So overarching, we provide image consulting services. So the effort is to elevate your brand um, and create um, a message that you want to see in front of the eyeballs you're trying to reach. In front of the eyeballs you're trying to reach. I, I, I like that. Well, well said. Um, so let's talk about your hashtag. Um, again, we, we found something, and again, my team does some pretty good research. You have a hashtag, Ask Corded. Mm-hmm. What does that hashtag represent? What is, what is that about? So I would say that was a previous uh, messaging strategy we used in terms of if people had questions about, um, again, style questions or strategy questions, you could ask Corded. What, what are our thoughts? Um, I think now the one that we focus on more is courted approved. So we have stamps of approval of something that we like, something that we think is empowering. We like to focus definitely on empowerment, excuse me, empowerment for women and for men as well. But I think women a lot of times need that, that double down support. Um, so we give a uh, shout outs for that hashtag courted approved. Nice. Now, one of the, the videos when we were doing some research on, on you, uh, not mm-hmm. just quoted, yeah. we, we noticed, um, I think it was the SAG Awards. 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, okay. So again, there's, there's, there's different times here, different times because yeah. right. So you haven't had any awards, and you know, folks were just kind of sitting back and, and watching and, and listening as you um, share your thoughts with the fashion. Okay. Now, is, is that something you, you enjoy from, again, or just personally? I mean, communications, fashion, lifestyle, I guess all those things kind of go hand in hand, right? Absolutely. Everything is connected. There's no um, coincidence, if you will. I talked to a good friend of mine who focuses on motivation, and we always talk about the fact that there are no coincidences. Mm-hmm. While that word is in our vocabulary, it almost should be removed because everything is intertwined and all industries play off of one another. So right now, if you hear a messaging from the public sector, optimism is a theme. Optimism is also a theme in lifestyle and also in fashion that came from the runways uh, from 2021 or maybe even 2020, I should say, focusing on spring 2021 and summer 2021. So all of those things are intertwined and interconnected. It's a messaging approach, but uh, people pick it up coincidentally. <laughs> As you say, Courtney, have, have you ever modeled? No. No? Okay. I mean, <laughs> school fashion shows, I guess. I ever, not. you know, ever. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about like present, you know. Believe it or not, I used to model with my, my knock knees, but... Um, <laughs> That was okay. <laughs> right, right. Don't um, hurt him, Rich. No, I, I try not to, uh, but then okay. again, sometimes I do. Sometimes. Okay. I do. Um, okay. Tell us Noted. one of the things. One one of the things I always like to ask my guests because you know, just like you said, some things don't happen by coincidence. I believe that everyone has a superpower. So so tell us, tell our viewers here on Be Exposed Radio, what is Courtney O'Neill' superpower? I believe my superpower is the ability to show up. Um, One thing that I've learned through all of my professional experiences that I apply to or try to share with clients is the uh, importance of showing up. That's something that I learned growing up, like in a church environment, you know, we are taught, you know, when you show up for Sunday service, you show up as your best self. So regardless of what's going on in your life, um, or in the background, you know, that job requires you to show up. It, it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day. It doesn't matter if your dog is sick. You have to show up and perform. And so I think that my superpower has come to light to be showing up. Showing up. So when I hear that, I think, you know, anyone can show up, right? Yeah, you're right. But showing up as your best self. Ready, ready to do the work, rolling up your sleeves, unfazed, unbothered. You wouldn't know anything is going on. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that makes more sense to me. That makes more sense to me. Understand. Gotcha. So, so tell us a little more about Cordy for those that don't know. Um, how long you've been in business? Um, you know, give us some, some demographics and some information on, on Cordy so folks can be a, a little more aware of who you are. Sure. Uh, We've been in business for about six years, six years and counting, I should say. Uh, Originally, we started out just as a fashion service platform. So a mobile 
fashion styling service. But since have evolved into the service verticals that I shared with you earlier, which is communications and creative direction. Um, a lot of that is my personal realization that when people do ask you advice about things most, that's what you should be doing. So mm. as I mentioned by trade, what I do do is communications. Uh, it made no sense not to include that in the fold um, because at the end of the day, people were still asking me offline, hey, can you help me with this speech? Hey, can you help me with this press strategy? Hey, can you help me with that, 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 you know, fill in the blank. Um, and as it relates to companies, companies more than ever need help with messaging and brand strategy, um, particularly looking at the DEI space. You know, people are focusing on diversity more than ever. And it's not just from a race standpoint, but it's also from an age standpoint. You know, a lot of spaces want to mix it up. They don't want to reach, again, just some of their traditional audiences that they've been um, in touch with. So diversity is is key. That's a buzzword that's not going away. It's growing. It's and we, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. It's, it's, it's really popular these days. You know? Very, very popular, to say the least. Um, and we are a B2C and B2B operation. So we service clients and individually and companies as well. Nice, nice. So, you know, again, and, and just doing some research um, on you and, and your company and places you've appeared, um, tell us about your experience on Let's Talk Live. And I think that segment was Lifestyle Essentials and the Perfect Winter Look for Men. And that was on ABC7. Now, I asked this question because I want to know, uh, uh, you know, Lifestyle Essentials the perfect spring. <laughs> for, okay. <laughs> right. That's really where that came from. Right. But okay. I, I did so, want to know that. so go ahead. Tell us about so that. Are you asking about what to wear for men? Or are you asking what's it like to be on Let's Talk Live? No. So I want, so that's two questions. Right? Okay. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you try to sneak one in there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which that's because that's what I do sometimes. Right. Okay. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, we, we do want to know in terms of getting viewers that watching and listening, if they can get a, a little snippet from a fashion standpoint, you know, like I said, lifestyle essentials. Um, yeah. So share with your experience on the show. And then um, again, let's talk about the perfect spring look for men. Um, I mean, doing any of the uh, morning shows is great. Let's Talk Alive is awesome. Um, at the time I was working with Kip and Julie um, the two anchors on that show, and they were both great to work with. So um, I have nothing more to add on about that. Live TV is um, it's it's hard work, mm -hmm. and anybody that is interested in doing it, uh, part of again what we service we provide is kind of helping people get build up that muscle for live television. There's no editing, um, so you have to be ready to say what you want to say and hope that it all comes out without any fumbles um, right. and, and just, just go with the punches there. Um, but as far as uh, spring looks for men, you know, pants are, are, are very trendy right now in terms of colors and prints um, relaxed fit, if you will, it's kind of a, like a jogger look uh, mm -hmm. the best describe it. 
Um, and then, you know, sneakers, whether it be a dress sneaker or I always think a must have for men is a white sneaker um, that can go with your business casual looks or just very casual. Ah, nice. Let me ask you. Now you got that for free. Next one is <laughs> going to have a fee associated with it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that because, you know, financial freedom is, is principle number three, living a rich life. So, you know, you get, it's give and take, right? It's give and take. I, I can appreciate that. Absolutely. What are your thoughts, since we're talking about fashion, what are your thoughts in, in men in skinny jeans? Hmm. Um, I think I you love it. She have... says, mm, <laughs> I don't wear skinny jeans. I mean, it's I got too much in the, in the back, but well, okay. So there's certain brands that, um, are aware of the male body type and the fact that some men to your point, especially culturally are not built the same as others, maybe considering European body types versus non-European body types. So there are genes that are out there that are designed to support um, that structure. But uh, when it comes to men wearing skinny jeans, I mean, that's your decision. Does it look great on everybody? No. Does it look sometimes um, maybe childish or immature, depending on who that person is? Yes. Um, it's more, I think a lot of times appealing for people that are in the entertainment industry, people that are younger. Um, so. It's, at the end of the day, fashion is a prerogative. It's your prerogative. No one is in a place to tell you what to wear. But I think, you know, if you have a sense of self-awareness and know what looks good and works for you, then go for it. Nice. I appreciate that response. So <laughs> let me let me give you a rebuttal. Let me give you okay. I am an I am I am your client. I say, mm -hmm. hey, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I come to, to court it. I, I fill out my 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 form online uh, on yes. your website, right? Yeah. I come to you again. I'm, I want to be, you know, this the lifestyle. I'm looking for a change. I'm looking for your expertise and things of that nature. And I, I'm wearing, you know, whatever I'm wearing. It doesn't have to be skinny jeans, right? Sure. You look very flattering on me. Would you? I guess would you address that again? I'm. I, I want you to be my, you know. I, I want you to. I want to hire you. Right. <laughs> Spit it out, Rich. Right. <laughs> How would you approach that? Well, the way that we approach style or fashion with our clients is focusing on their style or fashion goals. So, again, going back to lifestyle, a lot of times our clients are consulting us because it's tied to their personal lives. So it has some connection to their careers, their professionalism. Um, Maybe even when I say brand, some of them are business owners or entrepreneurs and they're burgeoning into a space maybe that's not associated with what they do by day. So if that does not fit with the space that they're trying to be in, absolutely, we're going to be candid and say, don't think this is the best look for you or try at best the same way you do with a, a client, a principal and say, I don't think this is the best messaging strategy for you. I think you should go in this direction. All you can do is lead the horse to water. You can't make them drink. Oh, that's an old saying. Absolutely. True, true, but that's an old saying. Okay. Um, so we talked about a little fashion and lifestyle, and let's circle back again because everything connects. Um, communication spe specialists. 
So what yeah. skill, skills help you to be an effective communication specialist? Um, in terms of my person. Yeah. So, you know, just in terms of right, someone, hey, you know, we have Courtney O'Neill on and she's talking about a communication specialist and these different avenues and this, um, you know, what would you say skills that you need um, to be a, a good, effective communication specialist? Sure. Um, you have to be a good listener. Okay. Uh, you need to be able to work well under stress or under pressure. And um, you have to be able to think critically um, as well as look at things from all sides. So sometimes I think in the communication space, we're very optimistic and, you know, sure of ourselves that this approach or this, um, this again, strategy is going to work because that's how we see it happening, but it, it may not, there may be, uh, some curveball that comes into play. So you have to think about those things just to prepare yourself for the worst case scenario, the best case scenario, and maybe the middle ground outcome that might happen. Yeah. Your plan A has to have a plan B and your plan B has to have a plan C. Absolutely. I, I like that theory. I like that theory. Um, what do you find challenging? Um, to, to deal with when, you know, as a communication specialist? What are some of the challenges that you face um, as a communication specialist, but also as being an entrepreneur? Two questions. Um, people. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the simple answer. Um, if you're working with folks at the end of the day, you're a consultant on either side of that, that coin, that, com- that question. Mm-hmm. So you're hired to do a job people have to relinquish control and give trust and that's hard to do. So building that relationship on that level is your first challenge and getting people to understand that they did hire you for a particular reason Mm -hmm. and releasing the reins to you. That's the biggest challenge. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. You know, when I, when I think about, Again, because at the end of the day, it's it's all about people, right? I mean, all about it people. Comes to your brand, you know. People buy into you first and foremost. Um, yes, so that's that's really what it comes down to. And then yep. the communication piece, right? Because at the same time, if you don't have that necessary level of communication, then that could really, you know, that could mess up whether it's a relationship, the, the trust, as you mentioned. Yeah. Right, so, okay. So I'm just connecting all the pieces because I'm, I'm a little I'm a little slow sometimes. Okay. <laughs> usually on Wednesdays. Usually on Wednesdays, I, I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow. Got it. <laughs> so, but you know, tell us. Um, so again, folks that are just joining in, we are speaking with Courtney O'Neill, owner of Corded, um, and we're talking fashion. We're talking communications. We're talking lifestyle. Um, and the conversation's going pretty, pretty, pretty well, pretty well. Uh, tell us, Courtney, what's new next and now in fashion with uh, Corded? I think what not just fashion. in general. Yeah, in okay. General. What's new next <laughs> and now? I get caught up on the fashion because you're always so fashion. You're all stylish every time I see you. Well, that's part of my personal brand. I like style, so you know, it's not that I think that everybody else should focus in on it. That's just part of my story. Gotcha. Um, yeah. 
but I do true. think it's a it's a power tool. Mm. I do think it's a power tool. Um, I've had personal stories of where it has been effective for me. So, um, and and it's something that I think that is relevant in across the industries as well. Um, I shared this story recently. You know, this has nothing to do with politics for me, but you know, Donald Trump's brand includes his red power tie. We've known him for that particular fashion tool or fashion piece that he wears all the time. Even the MAGA red hat, that's his fashion style. So it is an effective communication tool that he used. Other people can do the same thing wearing other things. So that's why um, I I think fashion style is important. I I agree. I got to say, though, with number 45, it wasn't so much because, you know, red is, is, you know, you hear about the red ties and it's the power tie. I was more like, it's too damn long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, right? It was long. He did wear it We exposed radio. We exposed the truth out here. We keep nothing. (laughs) The tie was too damn long. And I was like, he's trying to compensate for something. I I don't know. I I made all that Among other things. He did a lot of other things to try to compensate. But I'm not going to. Get into all that. <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to. I'm just telling you, right? Uh, we, yeah. We're candid. I'll let you say it. Yeah, exactly. We're candid. And, you know, I just sort of, t- I, I never really thought of it as a, you know, the, a power move, but I just thought of it more as the tie is too damn long. You just, and it, the tie could have been gray. I would have said the same thing. Right. I just say I say that all to say that that was part of his brand, his personal right. brand. Absolutely. Um, doesn't have anything to do with me liking it or not. It's just that that was part of his personal brand. So um, as as it relates to what's on the bow front for fashion, um, drama is in, you know, people are tired of being schleppy at home and sweats and wearing leggings and athleisure. So people are trying to show out and show up um, not only as their best self, but, you know, the exaggerated selves that they could be. So you're going to see a lot of sleeves and poofiness and um, like I mentioned, patterns and prints and colors. Um, So, you know, being, being bold is, is definitely in for both seasons coming up or that we're currently in right now. And then as far as corded is concerned, you know, I'm working on creating a pipeline for other people that are in this space uh, so that it's not so difficult uh, <laughs> I had to learn a lot of things on my own, uh, but it, it should not have to be this way. So a space for people that are quote unquote influencers. I don't particularly love that word, but it is it is a real thing. Um, and people of color in particular so that they can learn how to do the same thing. And that that's you know, that's a strong statement. Um, and, and for me, understanding that again, because one, we can all win. That's that's what yes. I believe. So, you know, I have an excellent relationship with several folks that, that do podcasts um, and everyone has the they, they audience. But the one thing I say, shout outs to Bourbon and Boy Shorts, because um, those guys, again, it's a good tag team thing that's going on. I think at the end of the day, we can all win. So uh, yes, kudos to you to being willing to share your experience and provide an environment and platform that, you know, folks can learn. So it's not as hard for you. I mean, for them, like, it, for them, you, know, yeah. you know, right. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, I'm definitely tired of wearing leggings. 
I mean, <laughs> no, no, okay, not, I, I don't wear leggings. But I, I no. get you know. And your skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I think people being locked, yeah, being locked up, being inside 2020 um, and the world kind of reopening, so to speak. Yes. Um, I have seen some things. I mean, and normally I don't really wear bold and patterned pants, but I find mm-hmm. myself wearing, you know, pants with colors now and and stripes and, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of liking it. I'm kinda, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind feeling of like, free. <laughs> that that I am. That I am. That that I am. Um, let Let's talk about a quote that one of my team members they pulled up, and I'm not sure where they pulled it up from. Um, okay, I might have that, to fact check it. <laughs> look the part to get the part. Does that sound familiar? Sure. Look the part to get the part. What does that mean to you? And I think I've heard some of it in our conversations. Sure. Um, What it means to me is that sometimes you have to play the game in terms of where you're at um, or where you're trying to be. So I don't necessarily believe in the idea of fitting in um, just to be accepted. However, you have to be aware of your audience and what that translates to in terms of fashion or style and even you know, messaging is you can't go into, um, let's just use, I think in that particular article, I was talking about finance. You can't go into a financial space or with hopes of getting a job in the financial industry and then talking about hip hop and then wearing sweatpants, you know, to the meeting. That's not going to work. The people that are in that space are just going to be like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? You're not being serious. I'm not going to take you seriously. So at the end of the day, there's, you know, a subculture to every industry. There's uh, some norms, some cultural norms to follow, and you have to acknowledge them. Um, Individualism is part of especially the millennial generation theme and culture, but you have to play the game. So I, I definitely recommend and advise that to anybody who's thinking about their style in that way. Or, you know, what should they wear to their next interview? Um, I just did a master class on, on this conversation. There's certain things that you should and should not do at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and speaking of which, um, and, and we talked about social media and, mm-hmm. and, you know, look the part to get the part. What are your views on uh, the social media platform Clubhouse? Because I, I mean, I think that's that's a rave. And again, I'm not here to, you know, sponsor a clubhouse or anything. But sure, I'm, I'm understanding that there's a lot happening on clubhouse, and folks are trying to get me to to join. Hell, I'm still trying to get <laughs> back into the studio <laughs> versus doing virtual. Right, <laughs> but right, you, right. You know, the, the clubhouse because I think that sounds a lot like what you mentioned, right? So you can be in a room and and sharing your thoughts and asking, you know, you know questions surrounding whatever it is you want to do. And I've, I've sat in a couple of those, and, you know, just because I'm watching and learning, but it mm-hmm. does seem like a lot is going on there. But what, what are your thoughts with Clubhouse and how that pertains to kind of what you were just talking about? Well, I've, I've seen a range um, of conversations, as, as you mentioned, um, thought leadership conversations mm-hmm. to people kind of just on there hanging out. So 
if people are using the platform strategically and effectively, I, I personally have seen Clubhouse. It, it's really about the users, um, but right. I've seen it used very well, and I, I think it have is here it to stay. Used, have you seen it not being used very well? Sure. Okay. Okay. That's just, but that's with every platform, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. But when you're using it a certain way, you tend to only focus on on that. I mean, is you know, it, there's a learning curve to this. <laughs> <laughs> there's levels. There's levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's levels to as, as I like to say. There's levels to this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh goodness, that's funny. So Clubhouse, you use it or you don't use it? I do use it, not as much as maybe some of the other platforms, but I, I do use it. Okay. So tell, what is so what other media outlets do you use? Um, I use Instagram, uh, Facebook, a little bit of Twitter, um, LinkedIn. Instagram and LinkedIn are my two favorites. Some of the others, um, less. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I, there's too much, too many options, you know, too many <laughs> options these days. just, there's too many options. I think yeah. I, I don't eat McDonald's, but I, I hear that they, they making tacos now, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's neither here or there. All right. So, that's just joining and watching and listening. You are listening to uh, Courtney O'Neill. She is sharing, dropping gems. Um, she already told me the next couple of gems might cost me. So I'll be, careful in, in, in the ones that I that I ask. Um, you can call in if you have questions, feel free to, to hit us in the chat. Um, but we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. Um, so my team noticed you were recognized in a magazine called Authority as a thought leader, because I heard you mention that term. Tell us five things you should do to become a thought leader in your industry. Sure. Um, I think the first thing is you should follow other people in your industry space. Um, if you don't, and that means people that are, uh, people you aspire to be like, people that you admire. If you don't, you should start following those people. Um, two, you should start putting your own voice, your own thoughts out there. So you mentioned some of these platforms that are available, that are free, start using them strategically. Um, not just to post photos for sake of sharing. Think about it to share your messaging. Um, three, I would um, read, do, so, do some thoughtful reading. Um, what that means is if that's career development, professional development, self-help aisle, take a, take a walk down that in the bookstore or on your audiobook files. Um, to see what's out there to help you elevate your mindset, your thinking, your thought process, so that you can um, open yourself up to a way of approaching a con the conversation beyond what you've been exposed to. Um, four, um, I would say start hanging out with like-minded individuals or people that are also on the same trajectory as yourself. So if you are an entrepreneur, hang out with other entrepreneurs. Um, if you are aspiring, you know, to be the next industry leader in science, you know, you should probably be hanging out with science leaders, you know, right. those types of folks. Um, 
And I think finally, you should try to figure out um, messaging approaches on platforms outside of, like I mentioned, but ones that are going to challenge you. So um, that's how you're going to build your muscle, uh, grow your brand. That is some of the steps I've taken to advance myself, partnering, you know, with other people or brands that maybe, let me say this, companies, brands, um, folks in your industry and outside of your industry that are going to help you grow in the spaces that you're trying to be in. And you know, that's, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that's easier said than done, but all, all excellent, all excellent things and, and advice. Um, and again, I'm an optimist by nature. Yeah, um, sure. I, I will say being in this environment, um, the, 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 the level of, and I'll, I'll say it, the level of success I've had with the show, you know, some folks be like, oh, well, here comes Rich James and they're no longer as supportive because they feel like I'm going to steal their shine for whatever mm. that is, right? But I, I, again, I appreciate your, your honest and, and candid and sharing those things. So hopefully someone, I know someone will be inspired to, um, to you know, kind of take that so that they can be a, a thought leader in, in their industry. So I, I appreciate that. I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, I, I knew you had good energy when I first met you. So thank you. <laughs> I, I knew you had good energy when I, when I first met you. So tell us what what inspires Courtney O'Neill. What? Because um, you mentioned that. What and who inspires Courtney O'Neill? I'm inspired by different people across industries. Um, I follow different companies, different industries. Um, different leaders, you know, so it's like from Oprah Winfrey to local officials, to be quite honest. Um, I think right now we're in such an interesting time, you know, uh, with the loss of life that we keep seeing that has Mm -hmm. not discontinued. Um, Part of my career path has included working in civil rights. So I've worked with, you know, the community firsthand, on those issues and have been troubled by those things um, to the point where it is hard to feel like you're able to live life um, fully, but also connected at the same time. So finding balance is important to me. And that's why I said, I look at people across industries. Um, Lifestyle is a holistic approach. So not tuning out one thing versus the other, mm-hmm. but um, just seeing the resilience of, of people, you know, um, the fact that people are willing to keep going. You know, we just had, for instance, the other day, a double rainbow. That was inspiring to me. I was excited to see that, um, <laughs> you know, seeing, you know, uh, the young poet that spoke at the inauguration on the cover of Vogue. That's inspiring to me. (laughs) Um, Yes. Um, You know, to see stories like that from start, how it started to how it's going as as the catchphrase is, those those stories motivate me because it shows you that it's possible. Um, Everybody started from somewhere, 
Uh, Oprah Winfrey got her start in Baltimore. So, you know, there's no cap. And I think that that's a very real thing, despite what people maybe close to you might suggest that that's a reality. There's no cap. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, a lot of stuff that's happening in the world, and I might've said this sometime before, the fact that it took the world to be still. um, Yes. For, for it to get to the level that it has in terms of George Floyd. And again, yeah. right now that trial is happening. And, and then, as you mentioned, this latest occurrence, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, uh, when you hear the term uh, living a rich life, you're like, well, well you know, what, yeah, what like, right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, really? You, you're talking about that? But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're still trying to motivate. And, and, and educate and inform and still encourage folks. Yeah, we know what's happening. Um, let's be clear. But at right. the same time, you still got to find a way to press forward. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of my thought. Because, oh, you know, sometimes folks are like, oh, you're living a rich life. Oh, that's nice. But what about such and such? Well, don't, I'm not discounting what's happening in the world. And the one thing that I always enjoy is having conversations with Monty. We talk before and usually after especially if we're both hungry, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's important to have those conversations and understand what's happening as we continue to move forward. Right. So exactly. taking those positive things and, and that inspire us is, is, is the way to go. It's, it's right. The way to you go. can't be, can't be hampered by the realities um, of so-called life because mm-hmm. that is, quite frankly, what the enemy or the devil, if you, however you look at it, what wants you to do, they want you to stop. So you have to be motivated to keep going, to persevere through the struggles and not live, as I say, in the struggle. I refuse to live in the struggle. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> I refuse to live in the struggle. <laughs> right. Um, so again, I mentioned this earlier. There's always two questions that I, I ask my guests. And the first one we ask, what is your superpower? Um, the second question is, what does living a rich life mean to you? Mm. So I recently the other day posted about living abundantly. And I, I you kind of tapped in on um, that hesitation around speaking about abundance because people assume that means uh, financial wealth. Mm -hmm. And to some extent, yes, it does. That might be the ultimate goal, but abundance is also a mindset. And uh, that is um, what living a rich life means to me. Abundance is something that, as I mentioned, even the thought of living, not living in the struggle, you know, you can have setbacks, but that setback sometimes is a setup for a comeback. So Mm -hmm. you have to continue to live in a positive mindset, which I think is part of abundance. So looking at, well, I could be living on the street, but I'm not, you know, it's half full versus half empty. So that's living rich to me. Nice. Well said, Courtney. Well said. Thank you. So, you know, there's never enough time. Um, I do want to thank you for joining us. Thank some, you. Some excellent conversation. Uh, and hopefully at some point in time, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to work together some form or fashion. 
Um, no pun intended. So, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, talking with you again. Normally, again, I take, I like to express to my guests, I normally take them out. Normally we're in the studio, um, you know, and I feed you and that's my thank you. But I say thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for sharing your story and um, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. I feel a little cheated. So you owe me, you owe me some, some dinner and a fee. I, I, I got you. And I'll come with more <laughs> questions at that time too. You can believe that. All right. Thank you All so right. much. All right. Thanks, Courtney. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. All right, folks, there you have it. That was Courtney O'Neill, um, owner, founder of Courting. Uh, we're going to keep this thing going. I got to say, this second guest, our featured guest, is a phenomenal, phenomenal brother. I had an opportunity of, of meeting him, I, I want to say, at a happy hour on a, on a humble. And from there, I got his information. I've seen his work. I've heard a lot about him. Um, he is a, a filmmaker, director, editor, producer, known for works like uh, Whole Time, Feels Like Euphoria, Grace After Midnight Pain. He is one of the most creative artists um, that I've seen in my time, and we're going to get into that. Um, he continues to define innovation personified in the creativity and fashion space, doing all this while inspiring his local community. Please welcome the talented and gifted Mr. Akio Evans. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, Akio, your audio is kind of low. Okay. Can you hear me now? Is it- oh, yeah, yeah. That's a whole lot better. That's a whole lot better. Awesome. So, so first and foremost, my brother, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I just actually came back from working and I'm working, working back to back. But, you know, I just I just couldn't wait. This was the highlight of my day. Couldn't wait to speak with you, man. Couldn't wait to oh, speak. nice, nice. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So the, the things is, too, because when we post on Instagram and, and I told folks that you were going to be on the show, I, I got to say, which surprised me, They, I was getting phone calls and I was getting text messages you know, like what? And the funny thing is, and I do apologize because I think my team got spelled your name incorrectly um, the first time, but we adjusted that real quick. No worries, man. No worries, man. I mean, hey, I, I, some people call me Ikea. They call me Aiko because when Gene Aiko came out, people started shifting the, from the Ikea, the store Ikea, to Aiko because her name is A-I-K-O. But, man, it's no worries, man. I get that all the time, man. You know, I didn't even barely, I, I barely noticed it until I actually looked at the bottom. I was like, whoa. But, um, man, I just appreciate you bringing me on board. Appreciate no you. doubt, no doubt. We're going to keep it moving. But I do say we had two people call me. It was like, yo, you, you spelled his name wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about, let's start with this filmmaking thing. Because, we, we again, we had a lot of fun sitting down and um, just kind of talking about some of your work and folks, folks want to get some of your, your your artwork. It was talking about your film, a lot of different, a lot of things going on. So we we got we got to talk about this. So when it comes to the filmmaking, right? Who who are some of your filmmaking influences? Uh, it's a few of them. I'm glad you say because uh, uh, it's like I can't just tie it all into one. And the reason why I can't tie it all into one is because filmmaking number one is a collaborative effort between a lot of other people. So um, 
but uh, from different genres. I mean, you have, of course, Spike Lee, number one. Uh, number two would be uh, David Fincher. Um, I love his cinematography. I love the way he uses his shadows. And I love mainly also the element of just telling a story, you you know, and having your own style. Uh, in the new age, I love, um, of course, I can't skip Mario Man Peoples and John Singleton before I go on a new age. But uh, I love uh, Lena Waithe. I love what she's doing, Ryan Coogler. Um, even uh, the 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 recent uh, the new di- new directors here in Baltimore. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Kirby Griffin and Jamal Jones. But it's a few of a man that I, I really admire. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's to name a few. That's yeah, name. yeah, that's and it's so funny because again, we do our research here before we have guests, and they were some some of my team members. They were you know familiar with some of the work, and we're going to talk about some of that that you did with um, Snoop from The Wire. We're going to talk about that. Um, and some of these names I would have never heard to my team's like, yeah, well, there's such and such, such and such, you know, and then you mentioned Mario Van Peebles that's taking it back. What what are some of the toughest aspects of making a film? Man, um, it's funny because I was just listening to a podcast today uh, about the downfalls of just being an independent um, filmmaker. Um, and so many uh, now, so many sharks out there that are preying on the independent filmmakers because, believe it or not, the indie world is just now becoming bigger and not on the same level as the industry, and especially when the pandemic got hit. Yeah. So uh, I think if you want to talk about in the now, what's going on now, because um, I, have, I haven't been really, uh, you know, diving in into film a lot lately as I used to, but I would say now would be a, a great challenge because all those who have um, been hitting the ground running with uh, pretty much doing things on their own in terms of uh, using their own funds with uh, budget, of course, with the pandemic happening, indie, if you're not careful, you know, of course you run the risk of actually putting other people in danger if you're not doing it right. But right. In today's time with the pandemic, it's definitely becoming a challenge uh, versus if you're on a television show and, you know, all of you are able to have a bubble, if you will. Uh, one of my friends, Kwame uh, Patterson, uh, he just recently uh, commissioned me to do some artwork. Uh, but he and a few others of the actors of David Makes Man, they were in a bubble, right? They were in a bubble. And um, so I would say that with today's pandemic, I'm just going to touch bases on the, to, uh, on the today, that is becoming challenging. But, you know, and that I don't, I wouldn't want people to get discouraged because if you have already shot some things prior to the pandemic, which I have a whole catalog that hasn't even been released yet, that is the golden opportunity to actually go back and re-edit and, and tell your story uh, that way. Um, and I feel like after this pandemic, we're going to see a lot, if not, if it, it, has, if it hasn't already happened yet, we're going to see a lot of different other creative ways, like how you and I are talking right now on this uh, live, we're going to see a lot of creative ways of, of to break those challenges, because there's always a back door how you can actually break through. So yeah, just on an optimistic, on a being optimistic, um, you know, perspective, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I will say in, in looking at some of your work um, from previous, and I know you've been doing some other things from the fashion, which I, I've tapped your phone a couple of times. <laughs> you know, you got to get in the next shipment. You got to get in the next shipment. We're going to definitely talk about the fashion because that stuff is just hot. That's 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 the hot. But I still, um, you know, from a filmmaking perspective, do you see yourself 
going back down that avenue in the next, you know, few years, two years, one year? I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Because even before the pandemic, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I already had, uh, I've been pretty much writing a script of this, uh, this, this short film that I've wanted to work on for years. I mean, since 2017, and it was titled Deaf Citizen. I even teamed up, as I mentioned, Jamal Jones before. He's a film producer. He had had me, um, you know, participate in this. Uh, it was a mini short run. It was like a program called the Filmmakers Meetup. And uh, what that did, it was allow me to actually format the short film into a script, which I haven't done at all in my career. Everything I've done in my career, whether it was, you know, I started actually filming events, doing videography, everything you can name. But I never was... Uh, uh, pretty much knew the structure of how to do a script and how to actually follow through. And um, in that program, the Filmmakers Meetup, they, 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 uh, uh, Six Point Pictures, they brought you in in front of people who were working on Discovery Channel, working on different sets to mm-hmm. actually help bring your vision to life. But what you needed to do ahead of time was actually have everything structured. Now, I did treatments before I wrote minor scripts but really like so what i would say is that yes i do want to tap in uh if, if you look at my um uh, my, uh, my brief catalog i've always did everything with whether it be editing whether it be color grading whether even in my whole time i uh was in front of the camera for once um i shot some of the footage but i allowed um, uh, my, my my friend james perry he's another great director who i look up to um i, I allowed him um to uh you know, be behind the camera because I wanted to know what it was like to direct. And, um, and, and so in the future, I do want to work on uh, things. I would rather uh, be more when in directing, um, sitting in the director's chair and not necessarily have my hands on anything. If I can uh, uh, have the opportunity to, and being on that now that I'm tapping into the art, um, what you'd be calling my phone for, I feel like that alone is a blessing because that's forcing me to uh, do what filmmaking is is created for. Like I said earlier, it's a collaborative effort. So if you're doing everything at once, which I used to do, which I had the luxury back in the day of staying up countless hours of the night. Um, but as you uh, get older, you start to learn that like, yo, that's not the way to go. You have a headache, you know, you wake up, you have to, you know, wake up in the waking hours. And next thing you know, you're walking like a zombie. But if you stick to the original forms, you can hire people. And that alone is powerful because you're also be, uh, uh, creating a sense of community. And that's what filmmaking is. So in the future, I do see me working on uh, projects. Deaf Citizen, Deaf Citizen specifically was a, was a title that um, I Group, I have I have wanted to create because my friend Alton, who I work with um, uh, at my job uh, at Hopkins, he's hearing impaired, but he can read lips, and he would tell me stories that he would go through. And as he was telling me stories, I was just stacking them, stacking them, stacking them in my mind. And I, I wanted to create each and every scenario that he had uh, went through into a short film, and actually uh, enabling the uh, viewer to be in in, in his shoes, you know. So. Um, you know, but when the pandemic had happened, and I don't want to blame everything on the pandemic because a lot of people are blaming things on that. I believe that anything is possible, but I would say that when that had happened, that's because how I seen the short film, it, people wouldn't have on mask. You know, right. so again, that goes along to how things are challenging now with uh, shooting because now you have to if you if you're going to be out here as an independent filmmaker or even in the industry, you have to now if it if you're in a bubble. 
that's good because you have your set, you have your, your set that you have your studios that you like, like Tyler Perry for that matter. But if you are the run and gun filmmaker and if you need to shoot, I don't know, let's say for instance, not to use it, I don't want to plug any companies in, but let's just say a, a, a small business coffee shop for that matter. Right. And you wanted to film a scene in there. You can now because nine times out of 10, all the chairs are up or nine times out of 10, you can't even enter a place. So that eliminates the whole entire running gun, you know? So, um, so in the future, yes, I, I do see myself working on a few uh, produ- uh, productions, but it's mainly going to be now what I feel in my heart of the stories I want to tell that's close to what I, you know, um, um, have in mind. So that's to answer your question. Let the question, let the answer, but. Yeah, no, no. And that's, and that's okay. Cause that's what we, that's what we hear. We all about be exposed radio. We like to, have those conversations because at some point it's going to inspire. You're definitely informing and we want to make sure that we're encouraging others to kind of go towards that, that, that direction, whatever we're going to do. So again, for those that are just watching, just tuning in, we, um, we have our second guest, our feature guest, Akio Evans. And um, as you mentioned, this brother has done everything. He's produced, he's uh, directed, he's edited, he's acted in a few things. And um, yeah, we 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 got your, your your bio right here. We we got it all down. We got it all down. Now, one of the things you mentioned, um, um, just your surroundings, right? So, how does, um, you know, when it comes to to filmmaking, how does where you live influence how and what you make, um, and how do you think Maryland currently affects your work process? You know, when it comes to filming and thinking about stuff, because you mentioned something. Um, and you're working with someone else, kind of. How does that all influence the things that you put together? I think it influences everything that you put together because I would like to. I don't want to misquote uh, what Nina Simone said and a lot of other artists said, but they said you want to reflect the times, right? Or you want to reflect what's going on around you. So, you know, to that regard, um, how you uh, want to be the voice of the voiceless. You know, you have mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, I was just talking to a gentleman. Um, on a phone, this was about maybe about a month or so ago, and he's into a lot of film as well. And uh, he, I was like, yo, you know, you have to, we have to start telling the stories of what we always are passionate about. Like, if, like for example, uh, the Squeegee Boys, right? Mm. And, I, and and it's crazy because before the pandemic, I would be in my travels and I would see a Squeegee Boy uh, walking with a guy with a camera. You know, uh, I'm talking about a, a professional camera and it was doing a run and gun. You could tell it was a documentary for, for that matter. But I guarantee you, because it looked like that guy didn't know what he was going, where he was going, because the speech board was like, we got to do this, we got to do that. And um, why does outsiders have to tell our story? Why does when, let's just say Lofty Nathan, he um, did 12 O'Clock Boys, right? The first 12 O'Clock Boys that uh, had pub onto the film back in, I think that was in 2011, 2012. Uh, but Lofty Nathan, um, he, I think he, he's not even from Baltimore. He, he was a MICA student and it was an outsider who had seen, um, you know, a story and he had, you know, built up on that story and he made a phenomenal independent film. And then, and, and then after that, that 12 o'clock boys, was inspired for, from the recent uh, film that uh, Anhel Manuel Soto had directed that Jada Pinkett and uh, Will Smith had produced called Charm City Kings. Um, but again, my man Anhel Manuel Soto, he's cool. He follows me. Um, you know, him and I are working on new things. He's about to do the Transformers uh, film. And he's also, uh, it's another film he's about to work 
oh yeah, um, Blue Beetle uh, with DC Comics. He's you know, so he's directing that. But um, again, back to Baltimore. Baltimore is what I would say. Basically, these are people who you know see the story. They come here and they you know and they they, they tell a story. So what I what I told the gentleman was is that we have to start. Those stories that we talk about, whether we talk to a friend and how we are upset about how when outsiders are being uh, are treating the squeegee boys in a certain way, why haven't anybody told a story of how some p- people don't necessarily have the opportunities to work a job? Like me, for example, when I was like in my early you know 20s. I was bouncing forth from state to state because, you know, I had legal troubles here in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, I was outside in Phoenix, Arizona, um, panhandling, if you will. I was homeless. I, 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 not be, And I was out there not because I wanted to. I even hated asking people for money. But I know if I didn't get up at a certain time and if I didn't switch my routes by asking these group of people, and then I knew it would t- you, when you be outside long enough, you start to know how long how people's routine when they step outside their house or, all right, I'm not going to be on this block asking for um, uh, money. I'm going to go on that block. And that was in my early 20s. And that was because of the mistakes that I kept making here in Baltimore and in Phoenix, which is crazy, you know, uh, due to the legal situations that I've had and the multiple warrants that warrants that I had. But what I'm saying is that when I see the squeegee boy, I see the squeegee boy as being um, somebody who I was, who just, just because I was always making clothes, when I was in Phoenix, it was a time where I, when I was homeless, like I said, I would make clothes in a public bathroom. I had an iron, I had uh, a material, and that's all I actually needed to the point where I used to get kicked out the malls out there in Phoenix, Arizona. I got kicked out the malls because I was trying to sell my shirts inside uh, uh, the mall. And, um, <laughs> and I didn't get it to the point. I still didn't let that stop me. So what I'm saying is that same hustle that I had is the same hustle that the squeegee boy has because he has, that's the only outlet that he feels like he necessarily, uh, his environment, right? right. So in that same hustle is the filmmaker would see like my, like me, for example, the environment of sharing that story. So outsiders and people won't see as them, uh, harassing, because half the time when they're out there, yes, you know, you know, people are like, man, we're here on the Gucci belt. Well, how do you know, how, how, how you don't know if um, an athlete, which is at MNT Stadium, or a drug dealer for that matter, has said, yo, I ain't got no money, but yo, here, yo, take this belt. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people go, yo, but they got money. No, no, because I was there. I, I, I made my own clothes, and I still was somewhat, somewhat fresh. Uh, <laughs> you know, just trying to take care of myself, you know, at a young age, didn't have nowhere else to go. But I kept myself up, you know what I mean? But I was also struggling. I mean, you you imagine you at a young age, you know, your mother told you, yo, you, it's either going to make you or break you. You keep getting in trouble here in Baltimore. You don't know nobody out there in Phoenix. You go because you still have the warrant and, you know, the feds is on you. So you had no choice but to go out there, right? Mm-hmm. Go out there. You don't, know, you don't know nobody. Yeah, yeah. So there's people like that here who are from here, but their mother probably passed away. Their father probably passed away. So let's see that story on film. Let's identify what we go through because the narrative is always us being what they've been painting for us to uh, be for years, you know? And that's why a lot of like what, what we're witnessing today, a lot of police brutality, a lot of pol- police killings of, of, of them killing us, they, for one, they're not even attached to the environment that we are from. And number two, they're only seeing the images that they see on screen. And number three, we're not telling those stories. 
We're not telling those stories. We don't even know the resources if we could tell those stories. But it's, it's, I've been studying filmmakers for a, lot, for a long periods of time who have been just using their phone and, and, and um, really just, you know, telling the story. So that's what, uh, to answer your question, um, that's what I tie it to. Like, and I, like I said, even though I've been talking about Death Citizens for 2017, but it's a lot of films that aren't created overnight that requires a lot of time and attention that over, you know, over time when I, like I said, my, 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 my attention and my focus is on creating art right now, but that, that when I feel like I, I reached in that, in that, in that um, space, that creative space to create it, I like to do things from my heart. I like to let it, allow it to be in my heart. If nothing is, if I don't touch what I do is t-shirts, what I do the shoes, what I do the film, uh, filmmaking, if my heart is not attached to it, right. there's no need to do it. There's no need to do it. So that's, that's right. pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah. that, that's facts. And that's an excellent segue, right? Cause again, um, let's talk about the fashion that you put together. Right. And I, I think again, you know, you're a product of your environment and things. We all got a story. I appreciate you for being very candid. I have somewhat of a similar story minus the, the law, <laughs> but um, that's, that's, that's deep. And I appreciate you for sharing your story. Now let's talk about the fashion that you do. Um, the sneaker design, um, the, the clothing design that you're doing. First and foremost, brother, that stuff is hot. Now, I'm always, I support, I don't mind paying, but we're going to have to talk some way for me to get something. <laughs> some way, some, somehow, because the stuff is custom, right? And you've had the opportunity to work with quite a, a few celebrities, got your eye on, on, on your stuff, and your stuff is just phenomenal. Um, when, when did you realize that you had that talent to be that creative? Now, again, I, I know because we've done our research, I think somewhere around you know, 17 or younger, right? you, you just started with it. But when did you say, hey, I, I, I can do this? And do you have something you can show us? <laughs> Go ahead, Akil. I, I think that I started, man. It stemmed from, like you said, when I was younger, when I was 17, and, um, you know, I was making things uh, that I thought would, um, how can I put this? Because I don't like to, but I have to be real how I started. Like, I will always look at things like I can make them. It started with me making, a, I was uh, 16, 17 years old, and I already had a 21-year-old, 21 ID that I made for myself um, to buy liquor, <laughs> purchase liquor. So when I was 16, I was already, well, I, you know, first I had my first, by sneaking, I drank, I drank my first champagne when I was 11 years old. Again, the environment, right? Now, you fast forward to nowadays, I haven't drank almost two years. Alcohol, I stopped alcohol, I think it was like in 20, I, I lost count how long. I can quit things like cold turkey, and I used to, you know, be mm-hmm. out here. But anyway, to answer your question, with um, the, the, the clothes, I started to say, Hey man, I can make anything. I always had the idea that I can make anything. So it started to go from slowly but surely. I started to lean away from the illegal stuff to always make, you know, the the, the, the shirts. And um, when I <laughs> when I left Baltimore to go to Phoenix, Arizona, um, that's when I started to create a little bit more. And I seen how people outside my own hometown was responding to my art. And at the time, even still to this day, some of those designs that I would create people haven't created anything that I created. And I'm gonna give you an exclusive because I'm about to create this video about DMX because I met DMX in uh, Spokane, Washington. And this will tie it down, tie it into everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm gonna share the story because beforehand, before I actually created with you, so you're getting an exclusive. Ah, nice. That's um, the exposed radio, baby. <laughs> so DMX, man, I met him when I was 22. I met him when I was 22, and uh, I remember, um, I, like I told you, I had multiple warrants, so I was uh, actually visiting my cousin here in Baltimore for a wedding, um, and uh, when I came, uh, I, I caught the Greyhound. I'm gonna never catch the Greyhound again. I caught the Greyhound back to back and it took five days to get from Spokane, Washington to Baltimore. And then when I left Baltimore, I went right back to Spokane. And oh my goodness, you name anything, I seen it on those five days on that Greyhound. It was ridiculous. Okay. Man, so I came back to Spokane and uh, a friend of mine, his name was Tony. He was like, hey man, look, um, I know you just got back into town, but hey man, DMX is in town, man. And uh, that belly Dickie shirt, you know the Dickie shirts, right? The yes, man. yes. I used to make belly dicky shirts and I used to have, or any type of movie shirts, New Jack City. I used to make Scarface and belly and I would put the movie scenes onto the dicky shirt. It was me, you know, and it's still, like I said, that design still hasn't, you never seen any movie scenes on a dicky shirt. I would put Goldie, the Mac on a dicky shirt. Um, so anyway, um, he said, yo, wear that belly dicky shirt that glow in the dark because the scenes that I put on the shirts would glow in the dark. And I want you, I want DMX to see that. So I said, okay, cool. Now, keep in mind, um, I was trying to make me something to eat because I didn't eat that for, I didn't eat, I was used to not eating. Like I said, I was, I used to be homeless. So I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to just try to cook something real fast. Didn't happen. And I wound up not, you know, being able to shower. Right. So he, he was outside. He said, man, put the belly dicky on. Let's go, man. He, he's waiting at the re- waiting for us at the restaurant. So I put the dicky shirt on and I was like a, I had like a wrinkled t-shirt that was hanging out of here, right? So I was embarrassed, but I just put it on top because I was like, okay, whatever. Right. Goes, goes to the restaurant. I see his DMX. He had two chains on. He had the small collar and, and it was dark in this restaurant. He was the only one in the restaurant and at the table in the corner of the restaurant eating. And as we was approaching him, like I said, I seen his chain because I said, oh, this is DMX. Wow, it ain't a joke. And then um, he's like, let's go to the back. You know what I mean? So we goes to the back and... um. Tony, he had give, he gave him, you know, uh, an ounce of grain, you know, and DMX took a small slight pause. He smoked it. And he said, he was like, good shit. And then he put it in his joint. He pulled out a big knot of money. I was about to pay the guy Tony. Tony's like, no, man, no, that's you right there. But look, I want to introduce you to my friend Akio. You see this belly dicky shirt that he has on? He made it. And DMX is like, where? He said, yo, you made that? He said, oh, he's like, oh, man. You know how you, know, you laugh and you run and you come back? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was like, oh, man, yo, dog, dog, let me get it off your back, dog. Let me get it off your back. Now, keep in mind, uh, <laughs> this is the Ikeo at 22 that was in survival mode. This is the Ikeo that wasn't seeing anything on a marketing perspective. Like, you right. know, um, so I was, I, I told him no. I told him no. I said, hey, man, but here's my card. I can make it for you. I can make it for you. And then he was like, dog, yeah, you ain't gonna make it out your back. I said, bro, I said, I just I said, to be honest with you, you probably don't want this, man. I just got off the Greyhound, man. He said, Where you from? I said, I'm from Baltimore. And I was happy to say that because I knew he was from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So he was like, so he started naming all these streets. We had a little had, had our had our uh, our talk. And then um I told him that he said, he said, What you doing over out here? And I told him at the time I said I have a warrant here and I have a warrant in Phoenix at the time, right? I took care of my charges. I'm good now. I've been working at Hopkins for 10 years, so I'm good. And I've been teaching. Uh, but he was like, what? He said, man, I get you not going back to Phoenix. He said, but, but Baltimore, that's, a, that's home. He said, yo, you should do your time, dog. He, he was like, do your time. 
And at that time, I was like, all right, bet, man. Now they in a happy mood. Let me whip up my camera. So I went up my camera and said, D, you mind if I put you on? And he looked at my dicky shirt where he had a cigarette and said, he was like, no, nah, man, wait till that at the party. And he said that because he was like, yo, how you going to want something from me? And I can't even get your dicky shirt off your back. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in fear of my design being taken because I seen the numerous designs even then being mm. taken. And I didn't know whether, I didn't want that transaction to be the end transaction. I gave him a card. I gave, and, then, and then even in that night, we kicked it for the whole night. I'm talking about to four o'clock in the morning. I went to the uh, concert. He brought us on stage on a concert because I met Bone Thugs. I was filming Bone Thugs and Bone Thugs manager told me to stop filming. DMX had bumped that. Y'all, he tried to embarrass y'all. Y'all come on stage. We got on stage. I still got all this on camera. I still got this on my tape that I'm going to have to release. And um, yeah, man. So I think it was in those incidents where I kept seeing the celebrities, even then in 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. 2000, that I started to see how they was responding to it. Then I started to say, huh. But it started really hitting, when. I, but I left it alone for a while. And then I met Snoop. And Snoop was like, yo, Keys, remember the stuff you used to make back in the day? I said, yeah. She said, Keys, she was like, yo, you should start making your clothes again. Yo, like, she said that in November 25th, she was like, yo, it's hot. It's hot right now. And when I made that, then that's when she said, yo, I'm going to share it on my joint. She shared it on her joint, and it got the attention of Donna Rollins. And from that point on, from 2015, it started spiraling up. And I started, I, I even, I, I had invested in myself by purchasing a logo. And I said, yo, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm not going to do my own logo. I want to hire somebody. And again, that goes back with filmmaking. Mm-hmm. trying to do everything on my own let me hire somebody to do it like how you like how you said rich rich was like you, you you don't take on everything Rich. you you say hey i'm gonna have somebody email you i'm gonna have it because when you do everything you, you you experience burnout it's already enough energy that we have to do with doing with doing this right. so and then when you do that again you are help you're you're starting small in a corporation that you have right now so when you get to the bigger levels then you're able to you're already used to employing people you know what I mean? At the small level first. Don't wait till you get the big lump sum. So anyway, I said, I like to say, man, that um, uh, it's crazy because I was already going to release belly shirts uh, April 20th of this month because that's the anniversary of, the, of when the belly had first went to DVD. And I had screenshotted when I had purchased the belly movie cover hologram um, um, stickers because when I make these shirts, you say what I had, when I make these shirts, I know, uh-huh. as, you, as you've seen on social media, I normally um, allow the first four people to get like a, a gift. So I had, before DMX got into the hospital last, last Friday, I believe, I was already, uh, no, not last Friday, it was, it was a week before because it was in there for six days. April 1st, I already purchased, it's crazy, bro. And it's the same thing that happened with Black Panther, but I'm not going to go into that because I don't have to spend too much time on this. But it seems like every time I be creating things, even uh, it, it always it's wild, man. It's wild. So manifest into an opportunity. I mean, it's, I mean, it's real. Cause it's, it's history. It's, it's things from your past that, you know, cause again, it's, it's, it's your time. I mean, I'm dead ass. Akil, it's, it's your time. The stuff I see you do. Um, I know you had with the sneakers, the, the Nikes, the logos, the little keychains. you know, all, all that stuff. And, you know, and, and anyone will tell you again, I, I I've been blessed and I've been fortunate enough and, and, Everyone that's been on my show, I've reached out and I, I paid. I paid full price. Now they want to give me stuff, and I appreciate that. But I say, no, I'm 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 going to support you because you support me at the same time. And your stuff, the designs on your sneakers, and again, like you said, we've seen Donnell Rawlings, uh, Dave Chappelle, Dr. Dre, uh, Kevin Hart, you know, uh, dude from Mob Deep, um, 
you know, a couple of athletes, AI, right? You you put when you put quality stuff out there, you know, and I'm glad Snoop said, hey, get it because I did read that, you know, and the folks, some of my team, they they they're a little younger. They was like, oh, the wire. I said, what you ain't see the wire? <laughs> I said, well, I need you to go check out the wire now, right? So we're gonna have a, another night. We're gonna do, I mean, I've seen it all, but you know, I said, wait a minute, and I'm a native New Yorker. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm one of those that's not even originally from here. But again, Baltimore has a lot of history. Um, and again, I'm glad that she got you back into that game of fashion and, and giving you that kick. And again, she inspired you to keep doing what you're doing because your stuff is phenomenal. Um, let, let folks know where they could find you at um, from a social media perspective. All um, that good stuff. Anywhere, anywhere uh, on social media, you can follow me. Um, Akio Evans is A-K-I-O-E-V-A-N-S. And my website is by IkeoEvans.com. That's B-Y-A-K-I-O-E-V-A-N-S. Um, on YouTube, Akio Evans or, or BMORE410MD. Again, that's BMORE410MD. And just like how you said, Rich, the stories of uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Kevin Hart, and even just recently the, the own network and HBO Max uh, reaching out to me to get some commission work uh, be the new BMF uh, star series. They reached out to me. It's a lot of content that I have. I haven't even shared yet, but a lot of those stories I'm about to start creating on my YouTube. So if everyone can actually start looking at my YouTube or even follow me on IG, those stories are even the story that I just explained to you guys today about, about DMX and Galvez DMX. So that's going to be one of the stories I actually have on my YouTube as well. All right. So you have a, a YouTube channel also? Yes, it's, it's youtube.com slash Ikea Evans, or it's the, it's the same, or, or you can just put bmore410md. If you can't remember my name, just type in youtube.com slash bmore410md, and all my work will pop up there, as well as Vimeo or anything for that nature. Nice, nice. So let me tell you, because you got a lot, you got a little between, you know, you got some visions of going, um, oh, and you got some brothers saying, hello, brothers, all right? Um, they following you right off the bat. We appreciate that. So tell us how do, how do you balance right the the because I know that custom design has it takes time right it takes a lot of time but I, I got to say you're putting together some phenomenal pieces. How do you balance it all? Mm, well, That's something I struggle with when it comes to you know radio hosting and, and doing networking concierge. But how, how do you balance it all? It's 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 a it's a learning process, uh, Rich. Like I'm still learning how to balance it all. Like it's times where I tell myself one day I'm a I'm a, I'm a relax, and <laughs> don't do that to us. <laughs> I, I get anxiety of even even saying or even allowing myself to relax. I'm learning that that's not. I'm learning now at being my age, 36, that that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, if this was the Ikeo back in the day, you would have, I would have been doing it all. Like, but I'm learning that, like, because when you, the first conversation was about film, I, but I'm learning that I can only do so much. I can, I can so balancing it, I'm learning now to just uh, take on one thing at a time. Even when I have ten people in queue for my customizations, um, I, or the limited drops. Like, so if I do limited drops, I, I kind of like say, hey, you know what? I'm only selling maybe 20 to 30 limited pieces. I cut that off and I go back to doing this. Or I balance it all by scheduling when people can have or when people are going to get their release because I'm only one man. Now, eventually, like I said, handling the small. Eventually, when I when it starts to get, you know, um, 
you know, my, it starts to expand, then I'm going to take what I know and start to employ others to start teaching others what I know, because already I start with my orders. I start to give people uh, what they need to uh, keep up with their shirts mm-hmm. and select a few people. And then when I learned that they know how to do that, then, Hey, who's to say that? Like, I'm like, Hey man, if you don't mind, or I'm going to start having seminars. And when the seminars come into play, it's all about building that community because, you know, because this right here, you know, can, can help a community. It can help us of understanding the, 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 the value that we already have. Right. We, are, we are valuable. I am all in. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you need something, like I said, helping with a seminar, I am all, I am all in on, on, on the strength. I am all in. You need help strategizing. I'm going to let you do that. I stay in my lane. But if you need help with putting stuff together, you know, connecting you with folks, again, like I said, we can all win. As I mentioned with, with Courtney O'Neill, um, owner of Courted, you know, I'm, I'm all in. So you, you have a strong brand. Um, I, I love what you're doing. And I've been trying for a minute, as you know, <laughs> you know, you tell me, hey, the next drop. I'm like, God damn it. You know, so but you got I mean, again, it's amazing for those that are just tuning in and watching. We got. Akio Evans, artist, filmmaker, director, um, excellent brand, and, and make sure you follow him on social media. Uh, make sure you you pay attention, get your orders in, and everything is custom. So you got to make sure you get in and get there in the schedule. But I'm gonna make sure I get mine before you before you get yours. Um, that's that's crazy. Um, I like to ask, you know, and I get a sense during our conversation, kind of what what does your artwork represent? And it sounds like it represents, you know, your experience. Um, I see you're, you're heavy into comic books as well. Um, so, so tell us, tell us a little bit about what your artwork represents. Again, like in 2015, I started with, I mean, I started 20, 2015, 2016, I started creating like this concept because I realized that my name, Akio, means, uh, it means shining man. It means glorious hero. Um, and my mother's name was glorious. Her name was glorious Taylor. Uh, when she passed away, um, you know, I before she, I didn't get a chance to ask her or even, to, she was a very deep thinker. She read a lot of books. I mean, so when she named me Akio, she probably knew what she was doing as far as with uh, right. uh, tying her name into my name, because that's what Akio means in Japanese, right? So anyway, my mother, she died of a heart attack in 2012. So what I do is I actually add the logos on the left side. So, and when you see any of my work, it's always going to be on the left side because my mother died of a heart attack. And that is where the heart is, you know, to your right is my logo, but to my left, it's where my heart is. And inside the heart is A-R-T. So and I like to circle that. So the O also represents the aorta, you know what I mean? So the O, you know how that, 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 um, that connected to your heart. It's right, right, right. It's deep in the, in the comics actually stem from my mother being a single parent. Um, and, she didn't know how I was always doing bad in school. So she didn't know how to connect with me, yearning the desire to learn. So she would give me a lot of comic books. Okay. So when I do Glorious Heroes, I'm doing I'm doing everything that her and I share that we loved. And I'm also doing um, things that, you know, uh, like oh, what put, for, for, for example, for the comics, you know, uh, she gave me, she was a reader. So she, she said, okay, Kia, what that comic, what was the end of that comic? What happened? And I would, say uh i would make up something she said no no you're lying because i read the whole thing and, you know, nice. she, she, she and it's crazy. mama knows you know you know what i mean so so that's what that's what it stems from it stems from being your own hero 
You know what I mean? It stems from, you know, doing everything with your heart. You know, it, it stems from, you know, uh, pretty much telling your own story. You know what I mean? Being your own hero. And again, that O in the Akios, in the Akios, the O is capitalized. Yeah, you would think that, oh, wow, that's the O's. They look like Baltimore O's. But no, the O means being your own hero, you know, and um, just, just celebrating your own. Um, standing in your own purpose, you know, so everything with that, for example, um, and, and, and I like to think that the rarity of the item, it, it, it becomes uh, valuable. You know, you don't have to let anybody let you know that you're valuable. You don't have to compare yourself to a corporation like uh, uh, Macy's or any, or any store for that matter, local retail or even a uh, national retail or a luxury uh, uh, brand. No, you are already valuable because when you're gone, when you're gone and when your signature is on that item, I don't care what it is, whether it be a T-shirt, whether it be a basketball, like an athlete signs a basketball, you know, an up and coming athlete or even an established athlete, that ball now becomes valuable. Right. So we have to understand we're valuable already with our signature and our story our signature and our story. We cannot compare ourselves to Joe Blue down the street because they're doing X, Y, and Z for this amount of price. They can do that. But when you master your craft, when you master your craft, and, and, and that can be any type of mastery. Don't, don't necessarily start one day and say, all right, I'm going to start doing X, Y, and Z. No, when you master the craft, you now have the ability because these industries, they're going after, they're going after our input. They're going after our, our ideas. Like I said about DMX, you, the, the Dickie shirt that he admired, you know, that still hasn't been created till, till to this day. And I, I, I think in that no, that was an empowering no to not give my gift away immediately, prematurely for somebody to take. Because I've seen so many of my ideas, because great minds think a lot. Ideas go in your mind and go in my mind. And that necessarily means somebody took your idea. It also means that that same idea that was birthed inside you, the idea doesn't die with you. The idea is from our ancestors that... That 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 it's a, it's a spirit that goes into everybody. And if you don't act on that idea because you heard somebody say X, Y, and Z, like for example, somebody say, "Oh, you, the same idea you want to do, yo." I see somebody on TV with it, and they're like, "Yeah, yo, they took no, they ain't take your idea. It was just that the spirit came to you with that idea. You did nothing with it. You didn't you execute. Let, you let it get stale. And yeah. if Snoop didn't tell me, like, and that was just a friend. That was his observation. It was many friends that told me, "Keo, what you wearing? Yo, you look like you a billboard. Yo, yo, you you doing too much." And I listened to him. And Tosin, you said, yo, 2014, she shook me. She's like, yo, people still ain't doing what you was doing when I met you in 2007. Right. That's seven years ago. 2014 was seven years ago after that. She was like, yo, you need to hit the ground running and start doing it again. I was like, ah, but I'm doing film now, Snoop. I'm doing your documentary, Snoop. When am I have time for that? Yo, you should do it. And then next <laughs> right. thing, Dave Chappelle knocked him on the door. Dr. Dre knocked him on the door. So it's just also listening to that input and the observation with others, but also knowing that you know, we have to, it's biblical. We have to use all our talents. We just not necessarily supposed to use one of our talents, you know, but every once in a while I dip and dab it and I, I'll, I'll create a uh, shoes or a shirt and you'll see my, me still using my other talents with uh, doing the video editing. Like your, your talent could be you smiling. You can have a pretty smile. If you have a pretty smile, you better smile. Just smile. Hey, hey. Smile. Yeah. Yeah. Chris might hit you up. Right. You know what? You got a talent. You smile. You make it. Everybody smile. Let's let's put you on. That's your God given talent. There it is. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, I, I love it. There's never enough time. You know, we had a couple of folks um, looking at your IG, your craft, the work on the sneakers. Is that um, someone said, "Keep work, fam. Keep it up." 
So Akil, you know, I could, I could, we can go on and on. And I, I said it wanted to be organic, and, and it, it has, you know, a couple of questions from the team. But um, you know, this is the time where I call it uh, living a rich life closing remarks. So if you could stick with me as we close out the show, I'd appreciate that. Um, so folks, thanks for watching. Um, it's time for living a rich life closing remarks. Um, those again, thanks for watching, tuning in. I appreciate everything. Um, Happiness comes in many forms. Just make sure it fits what you believe, feel, and control. That's all that matters. Let every situation be what it is instead of what you think it should be. Again, thank you to Courtney O'Neill and uh, Akio Evans for sharing your stories and inspiration today. Until next week, stay focused, continue to be inspired to live a rich life. Once again, I am your host, Rich James, saying good night. And thank you for tuning in to BeExposedRadio.com. I'll talk to you soon, Akio. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right.